Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Tim Castleman here, and welcome to another edition of the often thought of, rarely recorded, and frequently released to Drink Tim podcast. How the hell are you? I'm actually shooting this one on July 31st. I had a look at the calendar. I was like, what month is it? Yeah, July 31st, Sunday. Had some downtime. The missus is uh, sweating to the oldies at the gym. So I figured, oh, what the hell? Why don't I sit down and do a little story time with Uncle Tim? Let's talk about what's been going on, what uh, what I've been up to, share some fun and wacky adventures with you, and uh, basically just catch up, shall we? Shall we do that together, you and I? This would be where I guess they would do the commercial break, be like, news at 11. But since we don't do fucking commercials here, we'll just get on with the journey. So... Where have I been? What have I been up to? Why the fuck haven't you recorded a podcast? That's what people are wanting to know. Well, let's talk about where I've been, because that's the fun part of uh, of the podcast experience. I actually uh, am still recovering, not really, but uh, feel like it. Uh, got to spend a week in Montreal, Canada. That was a very, very fun time. Went up to uh, I Am Summer Camp event there, uh, put in by Phil... <laughs> That's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, and uh, Phil's a great guy. Let me uh, come up and do the notes for the event. Uh, you can get them at IamSummerCampNotes.com. Really good content, information, and uh, had a really good time uh, kind of uh, being up there. I say kind of. I had a really great time being up there. Uh, one thing that did suck, though, was that uh, I'm finding the, the older you get, the body doesn't you know snap back as quick and, and doesn't respond to severe changes. Um so one of the things I did, I don't even know why, I know why I did it. Uh, I had a 5 a.m. flight because I'm a fucking idiot and I didn't want to arrive. This is hilarious uh, when you hear the end of the story. I didn't want to arrive late into Toronto uh, or uh, Edmonton uh, or Montreal, which is where I was actually going. I didn't want to go to Toronto or Edmonton, but I certainly did not want to arrive late to Montreal. So I got an early ass flight. Uh, would have been, it was taking off at 5 o'clock, which meant I had to be there at like 4.30 or 4 really, 3.30 really. Uh, my little town so you know I normally go to bed about two or three so for me it didn't make much sense for me to be um, in bed for 20 minutes 90 minutes whatever Uh, so the day before my trip I stayed up I pulled an all-nighter did not go to bed at all I thought I'll just sleep on the plane and I did I slept on every single plane ride that I took Um, you know but it's plane sleep it's not awesome it's not amazing you don't feel relaxed Uh, and in addition to that we had uh, several delays like my plane out of LaGuardia was delayed for like four hours or some crazy thing LaGuardia by the way if you ever get the chance to go to LaGuardia fucking pass hard pass on that piece of shit airport it was ridiculous I'm like I'm sorry it was just like a temporary building, and then you guys are going to have a great thing. Oh, no. No, you're not. Okay, this is this is how it is full-time. Like, just terrible food. Um, you know, people were, eh. I mean, it just it sucked. Uh, they had to, you know how they have shuttles now, and they have, like, trams and all that? Yeah, no, they got a bus at LaGuardia. You're like, hey, get on the bus and go uh, go to Terminal A to Terminal D. Terminal D to ten. And the thing is about LaGuardia, it's so busy there that, like, if your flight misses or is delayed, it's like, well, this gate's already been promised for the next 200 planes, so you've got to go change gates. So I think we changed gates, like, three fucking times uh, just to get there. So it was a nightmare. It was an absolute freaking nightmare. 
uh, getting there. So I finally arrived like 9.30-ish, I think, at night. Uh, so I left at 5 o'clock. I flew out, and I finally got to my Airbnb uh, for the first time uh, at like 9 o'clock at night. Uh, never have done the Airbnb thing. Uh, got a sweet-ass condo. Right, one bedroom, one bath, very beautiful, gorgeous view. You can check it out on Facebook. Just an absolutely gorgeous condo. The problem was the guy spoke French, I spoke English, uh, and you know it wasn't really a problem. But it's not like I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure if I would do it again just because it's not a hotel. You know, like the pillows are kind of eh, and you only had one blanket, uh, which is fine, but it was it was like crazy hot there. It was like 100 degrees, um, and his AC like made the main room amazing, but the side room, you know, where he slept was just always felt warmer. Uh, plus, they don't have like blackout shades. You know, you, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, it's no problem, but if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, especially with his all windows, uh, it's a little bit of a problem. So I did not get much sleep at all, and I battled insomnia like a motherfucker up there. Uh, hi, kids, by the way, all of you who are listening. They just heard Uncle Tim drop the MF word. But, uh, yeah, just battled it hard uh, up there to the point where I finally went to a pharmacy and I was like, give me all of the drugs. Give me all of the drugs. I need them all immediately in my system. So, you know, I was like, basically, like, what is, you know, I'm on Google, like, what is the maximum amount of melatonin you can take within a 24-hour period and, you know, still have kidneys and a liver left. Finally got it resolved. Uh, ended up missing practically a whole day uh, due to sightseeing, uh, due to it. But got to do some really cool things. Like, I don't, you know, th- that shit sucked. Um, but it was okay. Um, got to go to this really awesome, uh, and again, these are on Facebook, um, really, 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 really awesome uh, stationary supply place where they had you know, like all the stationary notebooks from all around the world and tons of pens and stuff like that. And it was just an awesome experience going to a place that that's all they have. It's like notebooks and pens and all that. So I picked up my very first fountain pen. Uh, you know, I picked up, uh, uh, I don't know, half a dozen different types of notebooks that I'll probably never write in because they'll be too pretty to write in. I'll be like, no, no. There's just something about me. Like I need to have shitty pens not actually take that back. Good pens, not high quality. Good pens though, um, and um, good uh, and shitty notebooks. Like I will write the fuck out of a one dollar composition pad, but when it, or a legal pad. But when it comes to like a fancy moleskin or anything like that, yeah, I just can't seem to pull the trigger on writing in them because I think oh everything has to be perfect and and amazing and there can't be any mistakes. Instead of like a one dollar composition notebook where I'm like, yeah, if I fuck this up, it's no big deal. Especially this time of year with school supply time. Are you kidding me? Like I can just go get like a cart of uh, of them for like 17 cents. We're like, yeah, thank you, thank you, Walmart. But the only time of year I actively go to Walmart is is when that happens. But uh, put that all down. Decided what the hell I'll spend the money. Spent the money. Got some really cool stuff I'll be uh, using. If any of it turns out to be awesome, I'll share with you. If it turns out to be shitty, I'll definitely share with you as well. Um, got to uh, eat some amazing uh, food places. Uh, went and did uh, poutine. I can't pronounce. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not Canadian. I love your sport. I love uh, le hockey. Eh, you know, like you're, you're great people. Uh, but for me, uh, yeah, I just didn't really uh, enjoy the national time of cheese curds and gravy and fries. Just was no. Just was a, a no. Thank you. Um, 
But uh, other than that, had some great, uh, great, great, great steakhouse food. Uh, Gibby's, one of the best steakhouses in the world. Uh, went to there. Uh, had an amazing experience and really enjoyed my time uh, there. Got to meet some uh, new people. Com Miz, uh, the $500 million man. Never met him before. Uh, had, got to have a few insightful conversations late night with him. Uh, got to hang out with my boy, Don Wilson, uh, quite a bit. That was very, very fun. I have some interesting stories that I can't probably tell uh, about uh, our time hanging out together uh, that might involve Uber and making a certain type of transaction in the middle of the street where I'm thinking it's like the wire, right? I'm like, okay, all right, okay, I've got the money in my hand. I just throw it down, put it underneath my boot, you know. We we both give the nod. I throw him my bag. He throws me his bag. You know, we go our separate ways. You know, I've got four people dressed identical to me so that I can fucking not get arrested by the cops. And this guy just walks out and is just like, I got the OG Kush or I got the Mamba Wamba. Like, just like, I'm like, is that an elementary school, sir, that we're looking at right there? And the kids are like, go with the OG Kush. It's the fucking bomb. And I'm like, kids, like, not now. Not now. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, ruin your childhood. You're not supposed to know about this stuff. Right? That's what mommy and daddy smoke to make you. All I'm saying is just give it a minute. Uh, just hilarious, hilarious times uh, in shenanigans up in Canada. Got to go in an arcade uh, a bar, which is cool. Got to uh, uh, check that out, check out some of the sights and sounds, meet some cool people. Have a good time. But the highlight of the trip, ladies and gentlemen, is when you find out who your ride-or-die homies are. So let me explain. Don Wilson staying at the hotel. I'm not because I'm staying at the aforementioned Airbnb with uh, paper-thin drapes. Right? She's like, is that the sun directly outside my condo there? Um, but regardless, staying there, having a good time. They have a bar. They have a couple bars around the hotel. But the weird thing is the bars aren't associated with the hotel, so you can't take your drink up and down. It's a fucking nightmare because Don wants to go up to his room, have a Bible reading session, come back down, have a drink, right? Like, I didn't realize I was doing going to do fucking calisthenics with these people. I'm just like, oh, my God, what's going on with me? It's so crazy. Um, up, down, up, down, up, down. What am I, Catholic? What's what's happening? Uh, and towards the end of the night, uh, shots get ordered, right? Um, and we're doing tequila, like like gentlemen. And then uh, one of our friends, uh, Miranda, was like, "Hey, let's do Jaeger bombs." And I was like, "No, let's not do Jaeger bombs." And she's like, "No, let's." And I was like, "Okay." So we did a Jaeger bomb. And I was like, "You know, it sounds better than one Jaeger bomb. There's twenty of them." Not that many, but we did have quite a few. And uh, as a result, things got a little blurry, a little hazy, if you will, around the 2 o'clock hour. But no big deal. I'm separated from uh, from Don uh, and his friend Laura Cattell. And uh, no big deal, though, because I know them both, right? Like, uh, uh, I've known them for years. They're going to help me. I'm just going to go up to the room, have one more Bible session, then head back to the Airbnb and try and, you know, not get sick and uh, sleep. Well, wouldn't you know it, I can't raise any of them on the cell phone. So I'm hitting up Don. Now, I have Don's personal number. I don't blow it up, you know. And he, Don doesn't apparently have Facebook Messenger installed or Facebook anything on his phone. So he's got to go to, like, the m.facebook.com. So I'm, like, blowing his phone up. I've called him, like, six times uh, via Facebook phone and nothing, nothing. Same thing with Laura, right? Except Laura responds. And Laura's like, man, I just got in the shower. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, look, when you get done, like, I'm trapped. I didn't even tell you what the problem was. Let's go back. So I get I get I get uh, somehow lost from my search party, right? And I'm like, okay, great, no big deal. They they're on the 15th floor. We're gonna go up to the 15th floor. We're gonna have a great time, and uh, then we'll leave. No no biggie. So we do, uh, except I can't go past the seventh floor because I don't have a room key. 
right? Don't have a room key. That fucking sucks. Don't have it. No big deal. I'm stuck on the seventh floor. The event's on the seventh floor. I walk out, and I'm like, hey, no big deal. I'm stuck here on the seventh floor. I'll hit up my two ride-or-die homies, Don and Laura. They will come rescue me, and then we'll go up, have one more Bible study, and then uh, I'll go back to my place. No big deal. So I go out. I'm on the seventh floor. I'm, I'm texting, trying to get Don, nothing, trying to get Laura, nothing. I go out to, they have a little patio where I go out, the door's locked. I look out there, there's a family, right? Middle-aged, maybe a little older. They're having a party. The lady looks at me. What, we, we deadlock eyes, and she just shakes her head like, no, no. Like, you're going to be trouble. And I'm like, what? And luckily, there was some other drunk person there who just bypassed all her feelings and emotions. was like, he's harmless and opens the door. And I come out there. I'm like, hey, guys, no big deal. Listen. I explain the story. Down with my friends, waiting to have a late night Bible study, waiting for these guys to, you know, come grab me. Just wait. It's no big deal. No big deal. We got it. Um... So I'm still texting Don. I'm calling him on Facebook. I don't know why I didn't call him on his phone. Yeah, I do because it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and this is after like 10 Jaeger shots, right? Um, So I'm trying to get a hold of him. Can't get him, can't get him, can't get him. No biggie, just can't get him. Uh, You know, and finally, Laura Catella. She finally responds. She's like, man, I'm, I'm in my room. I'm like, I know, but listen, I'm stuck. Like, this is real. This is not a drill. This is a 911 emergency. I'm stuck out here with this very nice family. I have no idea how to get back to my place at this point because the uh, the, the Jaeger shots are taken. Like, I just need someone to help kind of guide me. You know, ping pong, uh, or excuse me, uh, pinball, where you like add the little thing and it hits it in the right direction. That's what I need. I need someone to ding dong and right there. So uh, she's like, I just got in the shower. I'm like, okay, great. No big deal. When you're done, you know, just come get me. You'll be freshly washed. It'll be great. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Uh, still no word from Don. You know, this six messages, whatever. Long story short, because I don't want to uh, put anybody too hard on blast. Laura Catella left me like some jive-ass turkey. I am telling these people who are now staring at me, because I've been with them for 30 minutes. I've been with them so long, ladies and gentlemen, they're offering me alcohol. They're like, here, have a beer. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be drinking this. But sure, because it'll make it less awkward. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand. Don Wilson, Laura Catello, two of my best friends in the whole wide world, my ride-or-die homies, if you will, they are going to come down and get me. It's no big deal. I bet you they have both now just discovered that I'm missing... They're frantically searching their phones for any messages from me, and they're practically running. They're like trying, they're tripping each other. Uh, you know, like Laura's trying to go down the elevators, Don's just jumping down flights of stairs because they're so excited to see me, to rescue me, to help out their buddy who has thrown up the flare and has said, I need you, family, you know, dream team, not quite, assemble, right? Like, I'm going to need some assistance. And that didn't happen. Instead, Right after about 45 minutes, I'm like, "Well, guys, uh, I guess my friends, who I really do have, aren't coming. Uh, so thanks for the free beer, and hopefully I run into you guys again sober to say thank you." So I go home. Luckily, I text Don, and I think I text Laura, and I was like, "Hey guys, uh, I'm out. Uh, I'm good. Made it back to the hotel room. Deuces. See ya." Uh, it's probably a little more excited, a little more heated at that moment, but luckily, that's all I sent, you know? I wasn't like, where the fuck were you? No man left behind, what the fuck? No, that didn't happen. That did not happen. All men left behind. All men named Tim Castleman, specifically, left behind. At any rate, my friends and family, made it back safe. Now, what's hilarious is two things. The next morning, I wake up to a message from Laura. Good morning, how was your night? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, read back up to the POW transcripts I just gave you. I thought I was being held against my will. Like, what the fuck? 
What do you mean, how was my night, right? But luckily, we, we overcame that valley, right? We, well, you know, bridge on troubled water. I don't think that's even a song. You know what I mean. We made it. We're alive. You're welcome. Second hilarious part. End of, I don't remember, day two, day three, whatever it is. We're up there. We're leaving the thing. I hit the button for the elevator. Got my back to the same pavilion where the party was going on. And I hear this banging. And I turn around. And there they are, the same family from the night before there. And I walk out and they're like, oh, my God, Tim. Like, they have told everyone they know about me because everybody wants to hear the Tim story. So I have to recount the entire story, basically relive my childhood again. Yay. Right. And on top of that, I mean, just like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me just rip open that flesh wound again. The nicest, sweetest people. uh, I I said, let's all go down to the bar. I'm buying drinks. They didn't take me up on it, thank God, because they were. Canadian, like authentic Canadian, so I probably don't make enough money to pay for their drinks, but it was a good time. It was definitely a good time. Uh, they were sweet people. Thanks for getting me home. No thanks to Don Wilson or Laura Catella for not uh, being ride or die homies anymore. Yep, they got thrown out the circle of trust there. It's always good. You know, Ben Wilson, Ben Wilson, Ben Wilson, which is Don Wilson and Ben Atkins' uh, son, in case you want to know, in case they're cloned, right? How about Ben Atkins? Got me to not one, but two different hotels, my friend, last time I was in Florida. I might have gotten what I would lovingly refer to as blackout fucking drunk. And luckily, Ben Atkins saved my life, made sure that I got home safe. I puked outside of an Uber, thank God. Uh, It was just a bad of night decisions, uh, a bad of night decisions. What the fuck is wrong with my brain today? My brain's just like, ah, you know what? Let's just go ahead and put the punchline before the joke. Ha, 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 that'll be hilarious. People love being like, how high is Tim Castleman right now? And the sad part is, I'm not. I'm not even drunk. I'm drinking a Diet Coke in the middle of a 100-degree day in Lubbock, Texas at 3.42 in the afternoon. What the fuck, brain? Let's get it together. So like I said, I got to hang out with uh, Don Wilson, got to, uh, you know, pick his brain. Always fun to talk to a guy. It's just crazy, like uh, that event. Just kind of crazy. It was a good event. It was good content and stuff like that, but a lot of things became apparent to me. Like I'm never going to go to one of those again and not have an assistant or someone with me that helps kind of not only with the logistics and planning but also the day-to-day stuff. And this isn't like an ego thing, but it's like, my time is better spent outside the room talking to the speakers talking to the organizers you know making deals connects you know kissing babies all that than inside the room actually recording physically recording the notes i learn a lot from doing it don't get me wrong but i also uh you know it takes away from uh from my ability to kind of connect with some of those people and it's also a weird dynamic right it's like hey uh, um i know you we're friends but i'm working right now and you're fucking off right now and you want to fuck off with me and I really want to fuck off with you and um, I can't because I'm working and then I'm like you know lie to myself oh I'll be super productive if this no- never happens like um, one thing I'm trying to get really good is having honest conversations with myself where it's just like uh, yeah okay you keep saying you want to do that but you're not doing it so let's that's bullshit obviously so let's figure out what's not bullshit and, or let's try a different way of doing it so for me I need to be outside the room I need to have the freedom and clarity to do what I want to do how I want to do it and uh, I want to kind of go from there um, so 
as a result of that, you know, I'll, I'll probably be having an entourage with me when I go to some of these events, uh, whenever possible, uh, just to make sure that stuff's getting handled and getting taken care of, and uh, I'm not required to be on all the time. The other thing is, like, I need to spend more time with people, and that just kind of popped in my head, because about 5 o'clock every day, I was like, get the fuck away from me, everybody, and not to be mean, everyone there was lovely and honest and, and awesome people, but, you know, I work at my, by myself, I talk to people on the internet, um, you know, but I, I at the house here, so it's not like I have a ton of human interaction, I mean, right now my lazy-ass dog What's up there, Bowie? He's just hanging out in my office. But that's it. That's the only one here. So, like, being around people, kind of being inspired, um, and, you know, just having that noise in your life, I think, is a good thing. Uh, because if you don't, when you have moments like this, it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, so that's another big takeaway um, that I took from it. And, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of different things. Don and I had some good conversations. I wish I remembered them. I need to also be like, I just need to get, uh, like, a permanent transcriber or someone that's just like, yeah, I'm just recording this conversation so that you guys can listen to it later and be like, we thought we were that was good, huh? Wow, we were dog shit. Um, but, uh, but Don gave me some good advice, and, and he was basically like, hey, man, you know, like, here's the, the – uh, synthesized Don Coaching uh, Wilson, uh, Don Coaching Wilson, Don Wilson Coaching. What the fuck, brain? What the fuck? Let's get it together here. Was basically this. He's like, you're doing e-com. I was like, yeah, I was, but then we had a horrific experience that kind of stopped us. He's like, okay. He's like, let me tell you about my horrific experience that I recently had. And I was like, oh, much worse. Much worse. You win in the horrific experience thing. He's like, yeah, you know what I did? I just got up and dusted myself off and got back on the horse. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you should do the same thing. I was like, mm-hmm, oh, okay. He's like, no, seriously, you should. So uh, I took that as kind of like, hey, get your shit together. So I came home. I hired uh, not one but two people to help with our e-com store. And as a result of that, I have... Uh, been back in the e-com game now for seven whole days. Oh, my God. Tim, when's your first product coming out? Oh, there already is one, ecomupstart.com. That's how we actually took it from zero to 10K. Um, but uh, I absolutely um, loved being able to kind of uh, connect with uh, those people and be able to kind of get inspired and motivated. Uh, Comments and I had a great, uh, great uh, talk about you know, what's your number to retire and how do you get there quickly, you know, or not even get there quickly. How do you get there? And then just kind of live off passive income type deal. So uh, really, really good thing. And overall, I would say this trip, it was, I keep using the word healing, right? And it's, it's weird because like, I want to be a hundred percent open and honest with this uh, stuff, but I can't, right? Like, it's just not, it's not my story to tell the whole way. Um, and it's also not the right thing to do. I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird spot. All, all I can say is this, right? One of the best things to come out of that trip was some of the healing parts of it. Uh, and people that I hadn't been connected to in a while that I got to reconnect with or people that um, I had been connected for a while and maybe solidified those bonds even more. So I was extremely grateful even though that's like the whitest vanilla is pg version of it but it was just super nice to be able to uh, bury some old hatchets and uh, you know some, start healing some old wounds 
uh, as much as it was to kind of solidify and strengthen bonds. And that's really the benefit of going to live events. You get to talk to people that are in your business. Of course, you get great ideas that you know can impact and change the way you do your life and business and shit like that. But it's also a matter of um, being able to mature and grow and see people maybe in a different light than you did you know four or five years ago um and in some ways also i don't want to say validation i feel like i'm doing a therapy session here right uh but like wow i kind of maybe dodged a bullet on this particular interaction with this particular person and you know maybe uh, I put more into a relationship than there actually was. And, and um, the kind of the transformation stuff that comes from that has got a ripple effect, uh, which I'll, I'll share, I'm sure, more later down the road. It's just too fresh uh, and too new um, to kind of talk about the long-term impact. But the immediate impact was, you know, I'm getting my shit together when it comes to the business side, the e-com side, getting that stuff uh, going and uh, and going from there. So did that, came back, had the notes launch. That went uh, horrible. Uh, affiliates were just like, oh, you have a really well-converting product with a high EPC? Yeah, not interested because, you know, we didn't get the rub-me-down social media extender two months out and all that stuff. I hate affiliate shit. That's the thing I hate the worst. I just do. Now, I love my affiliates, don't get me wrong, but having to do that and, hey, you got a launch coming up, hey, you got a launch, like that, eh, man. Punch me in the face, right? Like, smash my balls with a hydraulic press and let's just get this over with. Um, but it's part of the game, uh, and it's a big thing. I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, being half pregnant because we were definitely half pregnant uh, this month. Um, and uh, talk about that, I'm sure, on a future podcast. Um, so, yeah, so that's the fun part. All of that is the fun part. Now let's talk about the unfun part and the reason why I've been a tad bit sketchy uh, this month on the old um, podcast. So, if you'll remember, podcast listeners, friends and family and whoever else may be listening to this, including probably a few lawyers uh, after uh, after this, um, and before I even begin, before we even begin this whole segment of the podcast, I do have a, something I'd like to read that's imaginary that I just made up in my mind, but here you go. The opinions expressed on this podcast have been, and forever always will be, the opinions of Timothy Castleman, president of Castleman Consulting, LLC, not Timothy Castleman personally. All of these are just stated as opinions and should not be treated as the truth or facts until you yourself do your own due diligence. And whatever decision you decide upon after listening uh, to this information is 100% your own and should not be influenced in any way by with what I'm about to share with you. And finally, I'd like you to go hug a lawyer because they need it. And clearly they need it because I've been dealing with lawyers for a hot minute. So let I've, I've recorded a podcast on this several times, never released it. I've bit my tongue long enough and I'm just fucking tired of biting my tongue about it um, and kind of not talking about it. So let's talk about it. In January of 2015, I hired a company called the Offline Assistant Company, uh, and I hired them uh, based on this company CEO, Kevin O'Connor and I's uh, personal uh, interactions. To date, he had been a um, mentoree 
at uh, at one of the marketing mansion mayhem mansion things where he basically paid five grand or so to come talk to us and and hang out and get mentored for a week uh, and I'd hired him to help me with some personal assistant stuff because at the time Paula was moving on and doing her own thing and I didn't want to have just one assistant I want to have a uh, a talented group of, of people to do that in October of 2015 we opened our e-commerce store for the first time and from day two probably maybe even day one uh, they fulfilled the orders uh, for us we had them do that uh, in addition to fulfilling an order they also did a daily cost analysis spreadsheet uh, where they put in their information um, and fulfilling the orders, just going back to that, they would go to our Shopify store, you know, see that Tim had ordered two of this, go over and order them uh, on AliExpress, right? So uh, for us, and then have it shipped and, and then answer some customer support and email and all of that great stuff, okay? Well, during a routine uh, monthly review of my books with my accountant in November, right, I noticed and he noticed and really pointed out to me that uh, there was a discrepancy in our profit and loss statement and that we had actually lost money. And what was crazy was we had done $10,000 in sales and had publicly been proclaiming a, a, a profit of about 20 to 30% if I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but about that amount of money, right? Um as a result of this review, we notice that our we are alleging this is the this is the fun part where my lawyers are like, oh, and his lawyers would be like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? We are alleging that they double ordered our most popular product for no rhyme or reason. See, we gave them a spreadsheet, and the spreadsheet said one, right? Order one, they ordered two. If they a person ordered two, they ordered four, three, they ordered six. You get the you get the gist of it, right? Uh, and that began a preliminary investigation where we pulled orders from AliExpress. We've got spreadsheets. Uh, you know, we got credit cards involved. And by our calculations, we've got about a seven thousand dollar error. About a seven thousand dollar error for the amount uh, of over ordering. Uh, I presented that information to the company CEO and founder, Kevin O'Connor, uh, and he denied our claim that it was his uh, fault, offered no apology or explanation how it couldn't be or how it could be their fault. He was basically like, here's, here's you know, uh, this conversation, this example shows to double it, so my people doubled it based upon this example, even though we allege the spreadsheet shows something totally different. Be like me being like, hey, okay, uh, these hotcakes here, um, you want to double these hotcakes always over here. For example, these hotcakes here, you want to double these hotcakes, for example, right? But you're like, well, what about these pancakes? Well, it doesn't say anything to do with that with the pancakes. Pancake says you should get one. Now you're getting two for a real ghetto example. So long story short, we asked Kevin through the series of several emails to pay us back. Uh, he didn't. And when he refused to reply to my emails any further, um, then I had no course uh, but to seek legal counsel. So I did. I hired an attorney who wrote him a legal demand letter uh, and basically asked him, hey, listen, would you do me a favor? Uh, would you pay my client back? Uh, because we believe that you are at fault here. And if you don't, we're probably going to end up taking you to court. Um, so we sent him a legal demand letter and gave him 20 days or whatever to settle with us. Uh, and then um, lo and behold, the 20 days comes. And right as it's about to expire, like I think it's like on the 29th, um, not only does he not uh, 
want to settle with this, he actually sends us a legal demand letter back asking, oh, and by the way, the reason I'm sharing this information, it's all a matter of public record. I'll explain to you why it's all a matter of public record in just a second. Uh, asking, his lawyer asking us um, to publicly apologize, so asking me to violate my First Amendment rights, publicly apologize, take down everything, because I had recorded a podcast, done a blog post, posted on social media, uh, the Warrior Forum, I'd left a one-star review for his business, you know, because I felt like the guy owed me $8,000 and wasn't a man of his word and wasn't holding up to his end of the bargain, uh, paying me back for what I believe to be his company's errors. Um, and anyway, they wanted me to remove all of that stuff to publicly apologize. They wanted me to publicly apologize, which you can't do, by the way, right? You can't demand that as part of a legal settlement. You can't say, you are going to apologize, okay? Uh, my lawyer's worked on several multi-million dollar cases. He goes, the worst that we get is, we're sorry this happened here. But talk about the lawsuit, but they're never going to apologize. But anyway, uh, and he wanted $300,000. $300,000. Think about that for a second, Okay. I have asked him to pay us back what we can legally prove we believe to be over-ordered to the tune of about seven, dollars $8,000. Not only do I get a no, now I get a $300,000 uh, counteroffer. So take all the stuff down, publicly apologize, pay us $300,000, and then we'll call it good. Well, as you can imagine, my lawyer was like, mm, yeah, I don't think that's how it works. And in the meantime, we had had several conversations about the whole lawsuit thing. And the consensus was, you know, in a nutshell was this. I could sue him and I could win, right? I could spend $5,000 to get a piece of paper saying that he owed me $8,000. There was no guarantee that he'd have to pay for my lawyer's fees. So basically now we're talking about $3,000, and as a result uh, of everything, right, there's no guarantee that I would even get a settlement from him because, as we would come to find out, um, you know, we don't believe his company's even registered to legally do business in the United States. He certainly, uh, best uh, as I could tell, is not legally registered to do business in the state of Texas. Shows you, you should probably do a little more preliminary research based upon that. So anyway, long story short, get a letter from the lawyer, 300 grand, right? Okay, not going to do it, not responding to it, not doing anything with it, you know, as far as we're not, and we just decide like, hey, we'll give it some time, and uh, if he'd like to pay us, that's great. If not, then we can discuss the possibility of a lawsuit later. Fast forward another two, three months. I think this is the beginning of March, I think it is. Yeah, um, March 6th, I think. That sounds, for some reason, that's in my head around that stuff. I'm at the house. I get a knock on the door. Some homeless transient guy uh, opens up. And I'm like, uh, no, sir, we don't have any you know, spare change here. Uh, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm a process server. Yeah, you're being sued. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Okay. So sign for it, open it up. Turns out, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin O'Connor... And the offline assistant company, Internet Marketing Limited, is suing me. <gasps> what? And through the course of, of I don't want to say discovery, because that's a legal term, and I clearly I'm not a lawyer. Um, but um, long story short, they want a million dollars from me. See, I've defamed their character so much, so much, ladies and gentlemen, that they want a million dollars. That's with a podcast, a blog, and videos that have less than a few hundred views. And Kevin O'Connor is claiming, right, that we, we, we single-handedly lost him 61% of his business. 
public records. That's why I'm sharing with you. Oh, and he's also claiming that that the conversation that he had to double all the empl- uh, orders was between him and a contractor of mine, not even with me. And when we pointed out, like, hey, you know, um, your guy was taking the order from Shopify, saw that we were charging $8 for it, going over and fulfilling the order for $10, um, but and so we were losing money on every order, but never once verified that or said, like, hey, that was okay. And his defense was, well, people do that all the time. It's not my concern to be to know what my customers are doing. Something to the effect. Basically, it wasn't his concern to know or ask if we knew that we were losing money on every single order. Even though all of his deposition stuff is like Facebook stuff and all that. So he obviously is on my social media cock, right? He's obviously just deep-throating my Facebook feed just like down to his fucking uh, upper lung level. He's just—he's like one of those no-gag reflex girls. That's how much he's on my social media. But apparently he didn't see the social media post where we were like, Hey, everybody, we're doing this and we're profitable. Because if he did, then if he saw that, just like he saw the other posts that he put in there, and then we weren't actually profitable, then that would make us a liar. And if he knew there was a conflict, like you would think as a friend or someone, you'd be like, hey, mate, you're not actually making money. You're losing money on these orders. But luckily, we found that out for him and his company. So being sued for a million dollars. Now, we've tried to get the case dismissed because we believe it to be frivolous. Um... You know, again, spreadsheet one equals one. There's no, you know, and you're claiming there was a verbal conversation between you and a contractor that had no authorization to make that change. Certainly not one that would affect me for $8,000. Like, hmm, that's interesting. But uh, we have asked the judge to throw it out. Uh, I hired a second lawyer uh, to do what's called an anti-slap. And as I understand it, and clearly I don't understand it very well, but it's basically like... It's my lawyer's belief that he's using these threats and intimidations to to take it down, right? Just to try to get me to take the stuff down because he is saying it's negatively affecting his business. My counter to that would be what's negatively affecting your business is is a super high error rate uh, and the fact that when a customer asks you to pay for $8,000 worth of damages they believe they're entitled to and, and can prove those damages, that your reaction is no apology, no admission of guilt, and not only that, but to then sue first for 300000 and then a million dollars. And again, that's all public record. You guys can go look it up. I don't have any of the paperwork right in front of me, um, but if you just, you know, Castleman Consulting, LLC, Lubbock, Texas Courthouse, you can pull the files up and see yourself. So we go to this hearing, right, to dismiss. And his lawyer, J.P. Manning from J.P. Manning Associates, hey, J.P., or whoever's uh, uh, J.P. paralegal uh, that uh, apparently suffered, you know, got the short straw and has to work with him. I'm sure he's a great boss. I have no inclination of how the person is other than what I saw in court, and it was a doozy. For instance, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that back in olden days, when someone says they stole from you, which they keep alleging I said to to them, but I didn't actually say that to them, um, they used to be able to murder that person and get get off with it like it was a justifiable so basically what he was saying is you know back in the 1800s, like if I said you stole from me and you didn't steal from me, then I could shoot you, kill you, 
and then go before the judge and judge go why'd you shoot him because he said I was a liar and a thief and I stole from him and I didn't steal from him so I shot him and then the judge would be like oh shit not guilty get out of my courthouse give that guy a medal that's hyperbole that's uh, you know just is what it is so uh, yeah that was his defense that's what he kept yelling over I mean he must have said it at least three or four times in there it was quite hilarious that that was his defense his defense was don't you know that back in the day it was murder right uh, and these cases aren't aren't really well known for instance my judge had no clue uh, what uh, I shouldn't call him my judge because he's clearly not mine uh, the judge um, had no idea what the case was about, what type of case it was. Uh, you know, and that was evidenced by the fact that he threw out a pretrial hearing based on the wrong statute. You know, he flat out asked, was like, what type of case is this? Why Why am I hearing it? Uh, because he wasn't sure, you know, why one guy was in Florida, which he's not, and why one guy is in Texas. That's me. So uh, long story short, we go, we have the hearing, and finally, after three weeks, I get my I get my paperwork back from the court, and the judge has denied our request to have the trial thrown out. I, I, I mean, I, that's all I can tell you because there were literally three lines of, of wording. Uh, yes, we accept the case as it's filed. Uh, we deny Castleman's request to de- dismiss this case. We do not award, award jury, or excuse me, lawyer fees um, to uh, the other side being Kevin and his lawyer, which is I'm grateful for uh, because somehow the bill went from like $3,600 uh, around there to like $6,500. And this guy was trying to charge me, JP was, three hours for sitting there waiting for the judge to do that, $300 a piece. Um, so long story short, all right, now we have to appeal. Then if that doesn't work, then we actually have the trial itself. Then we're going to have a countersuit. It's just a long and ridiculous process that has just taken uh, some of the joy uh, out of my summer, just to be honest with you, which is the only reason I can see this thing as being brought, right? Someone's upset that we are holding them to a higher standard than they are holding themselves, maybe? I, I don't know, right? Anything that I would state on that would be speculation, right? Um, and again, it's out with, without any basis of fact until you do your own due diligence. The only reason I shared the information and continue to share the information is, one, I had mentored uh, Kevin, certainly not to do this. Yeah, this was not in the in the vocabulary. Uh, so I'd mentored him to do uh, as part of that marketer's mention. I'd also done a webinar with him to my people. Um, so people had already, um, I'd already stuck my neck out. And I've talked about him here on the podcast. And, um, you know, when you do someone a solid like that, and you go, hey, guys, I want to meet, meet the next best thing since sliced bread. If they turn out not to live up to those promises, then I feel that you have a responsibility to tell those people, Hey, guess what? Uh, remember that restaurant I told you that was really awesome and you should go to? Yeah, well, it turns out they undercook all their chicken and they poison all their... You know, like, I feel like there's a responsibility um, to do that. Now, this responsibility uh, in this court case has cost me, you know, several thousands of dollars already, and I expect it to double by the time that it's complete. And, you know, of course, we'll try and go after... Um, you know, once we're victorious, because I truly believe at the end of the day, there's no way we don't get our hand raised. Um, but once we're victorious, um, you know, we'll go after Kevin to try and recoup some of the uh, legal cost. Apparently, I haven't researched this, but apparently there is a statute where I can go after his U.S.-based customers. So basically, if you're paying him, um, 
and I can come in and go, hey, I've got this legal judgment. You need to uh, pay me, and he's got to still perform. It's all complicated. And at the end of the day, who's going to win? The lawyers, right? Like, just remember, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't sue him. Right? We sent a legal demand letter asking for him to pay us. Then he sent one back asking for 300000 Then he sued us. Then he, they wouldn't tell us the amount they wanted until we finally were like, yeah, we're not doing shit until you tell us. And then his lawyer uh, and him came up with a million dollars. One million dollars. So just a quick recap, hire this company uh, to fulfill some physical product orders. They double order, despite uh, what I believe to be clear and specific instructions, they double order them. When confronted with it, uh, first they deny uh, the claims, don't offer any compensation, no amount of, you know, let's trade services. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention to you, I offered him a reduced settlement like three or four times. Like at one point I offered him, when, when I sent that legal demand letter, the very first one, I said, hey, you owe me eight, just give me five, we'll call it good. If you need to do payment plans, we'll do that as well. So we've offered him several chances to settle. We offered, before we went to this last hearing, we offered him to settle for $10,000. Hey, you pay my lawyer's fees, right, and you give me some money towards the lost goods, we'll call it good. It, it's been radio silence from their side. They're just no, 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 no. And every lawyer that I've had look at this case just goes, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get what he's doing. So as a result of all of this. It's an ongoing legal process. Um, and I just wanted to update you guys because I told you about it and just let you know. Again, we had the issue. We sent the legal demand letter. They didn't settle. They didn't offer settle. They didn't apologize. They didn't offer trade services. Instead, they wanted $300,000 for me to remove everything and to publicly apologize and violate my First Amendment rights and basically publicly apologize despite what I felt on the situation. When we denied to do that, then they actually sued us, changed lawyers, and now won a million dollars. And their defense, when we tried to have the case dismissed, was that words matter, and as a result of words mattering, that in the olden days, I could have been killed legally for this. And that apparently was enough. Again, I don't know their thinking, but that was apparently enough for the judge to go, by golly, he's got a point. And as of today, the 31st of July, uh, the case has not been dismissed, and we are now plotting and planning our next move as they are. It's really sad, and it's really disappointing uh, when you have someone that you consider to be a friend. I mean, Kevin wasn't just like a random guy. Again, I'd mentored him. We talked several times. I'd met up with him in Vegas. I met up with him here in Lubbock when he came to town. I mean, there was a lot of things um, that we could have, uh, you know, and I, up until that point, I had enjoyed a, um, a pretty decent working relationship with them. Yes, they had their flaws, and yes, they had their issues, um, but they weren't um, they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but we were able to get it really right, um, and then have this just go off the rails. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's a tough one. It really is a tough one for me. Um, because I just feel handicapped, you know. Everyone's like, oh, don't, don't say anything, don't say anything. And it's like, no, I am going to say something because I want you to know about my experience. Now, whatever you do with your experience, like I've said since day one, is totally 150% up to you, okay? It just is. If you want to work with him knowing uh, my situation, feel free to. If you don't want to, that's all your choice. And, and again, you do your own due diligence. You do your own research. You know, Check and make sure he's licensed and bonded in the state that you reside. If you're in the United States, if he's not, 
had I known that, would that have impacted things? Probably would have impacted things a little different, you know. Make sure that there's a plan in place. Like, hey, if there is an issue like this, what happens? Do we dispute it? Do we go to mediation? You know, what is the process? Um, because had I known to ask those questions like I do now, um, I, I certainly would not have signed up with someone if they didn't have a clear process in place, whether it be mediation or uh, whatever it may be. So as a result, uh, that's where I've spent a lot of my summer. We'll we probably have shit years to go on this. If I had to guess, uh, at least another year for sure. So we, we have to get, uh, you know, we got to pay lawyers. They're the only ones who are going to make any money off this. And at the end of the day, who knows what's going to happen? Of course, I believe we're going to be victorious. Um, I'd be stupid not to believe, uh, that we're going to be victorious. And ultimately I just hope that freedom of speech wins and that we as a country, uh, and as an individual have the right to stand up and say, Hey, you know, I'm not defaming someone. I'm telling you my personal experience with them. Everything I've shared with you has been my experience with a company that I paid to have that experience with. So I feel like I should have the right to say, eh, maybe, just maybe, um, not the best experience and possibly could happen to you. I don't know if it will. I'm certainly not saying it will. I'm just saying based on my experience, I hire a company. They do uh, insufficient work. We have an issue uh, with them. We offer to settle with them several times to resolve this issue prior to making it legal. They no longer return our emails. Uh, then we have to get a lawyer involved, make several more offers to settle, and are now being sued by them, not us suing them, us being sued by them for a million dollars. And again, this is all public record, so you can feel free to uh, to go look it up yourself and make your own decisions. But I figured you'd owed an update and an explanation as to why I had been gone so much the month of July. Um, and I'll keep you guys updated. I've just decided I'm going to keep you guys updated. So uh, every time there's a court hearing, uh, there'll be an update on, on the podcast, you know. Uh, and once we finally get this to completion, there'll be an update to that as well. So you can always check it out on my business blog, timothycastleman.com. You can, of course, check it out here at the Two Drink Tim podcast. And, you know, I appreciate any good thoughts and, hell, even any bad thoughts, uh, whatever. Uh, thoughts you may have about this situation. I just appreciate you guys listening very much and uh, letting me be a sounding board. So with that, I'm going to hop off here, uh, get back to doing some uh, some other things I got on the to-do list for today. Hope you have a great week ahead. Uh, hope you don't end up being sued for a million dollars, you know, like I am currently being. Uh, and uh, hope you had a great month of July and have a great month of August. Look forward to talking to you on the next one.